This podcast was a previously recorded video posted to our YouTube channel. The link is in the description, and thank you for subscribing. Welcome to episode one of the Level Up Experience. For the first episode of the podcast, my guest is my brother Austin Reed, better known as Reeve in the Smash community. We discuss life as a pro gamer, the grind as a partnered Twitch streamer, and his tips for players and content creators trying to break it into the esports space. All right, man. Ready for this? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Welcome into the Level Up Experience. Um, I have my younger brother with me on the first episode, as mentioned in the intro. Now, it's, it's tricky because uh, I can introduce you a couple different ways, but I, I'm still, still trying to figure out, is it Austin Reed? Is it Reeve? Is it Austin Reeve Reed? What is Reeve? Where did Reeve come from? Why isn't it Austin? Why is it Reed? Yeah, I'm confused. So, so basically, <laughs> in uh, in the whole esports community, in any game you play, you typically have like a gamer tag. Um, so in my specific community, most people know me as Reeve. I'm more familiar with people calling me by Reeve than my actual name now. So, um, but either of them is fine, yeah. <laughs> obviously. But uh, but yeah. Yeah, Reeve, whatever. And, and but where did Reeve come from? So um, it's kind of like a play on words to our name, to our last name, kind of. But majority of it comes from my favorite video game of all time, uh, Final Fantasy VII. And uh, as you know, Reeve is like a side character, uh, and so it was just a nice little homage to uh, and to pay a little tribute to my favorite video game without being. I guess too cheesy. And it had some tie into our name, so. Gotcha. Okay, that's really interesting. Just a few letters off. But yeah, it's, it's, close, right. it's got a, you know, the Final Fantasy VII tie, which we were obsessed with uh, Final Fantasy VII, uh, definitely growing up. Um, but it, but even knowing the Reef character, you kind of have to be a diehard, yeah. like it's not a surface level exactly. character that you're like, Oh, Reeve, yeah, I remember him from Shinra, blah, blah, blah. Like, you'd have to, like, know the game. Right. And, like, like diehard, you know what I'm talking about, Final Fantasy Seven people? Like, you know, like, Reeve, like, oh, you gotta actually know, like, in-depth what's going on with the game. Yeah, so. and it's gonna be cool <laughs> to the FF7 fans out there, when the remake comes out, we're gonna get some HD Reeve action. So, Let's go. it'll be cool to see. But, Let's go. Yeah. Um, okay, so, I'm gonna just throw this question out there real quick. Why Smash Melee... And it started around 2013 for you? Yeah, so my competitive career started at the very end of 2013, the very beginning of 2014. Mm -hmm. um, so Melee, it just kind of happened naturally, just kind of organically with me. Um, we grew up playing the game. Um, you yep. spent many hours uh, <laughs> whooping me in Smash, and um, we were kind of like the best of our our friend group, or at least, like, some of the best of our friend group. We thought we were. Yeah. We thought we were, yeah. <laughs> we, thought, we thought we were really good. <laughs> At the time, we really weren't. Um, and everybody, I feel like any, if you consider yourself a gamer at all, and even if you're not a gamer, you know what Smash Brothers is. Um, you've played it once, you've seen somebody play it. Yeah, very mainstream. It's very yeah, it's sure. a very mainstream game, yeah. I'm sure. And, um, so, I mean, I just, I grew up playing it from the Nintendo 64 iteration yeah. all the way through you know, it's, it's current one, but, um, there was a documentary that I actually stumbled upon, um, in 2013, kind of going over the history of the competitive side of Melee, 
which, by the way, if you guys haven't seen that, it's worth checking out. It's really good. Well made. You've seen it, right? Yeah. The, the, it's a really well-made documentary. It's mm -hmm. called The Smash... The, the Smash Bros, I think is what it's called. That's a couple million views. Yeah, or you just type in, like, The Smash Doc. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super big, and there's actually a sequel coming out um, relatively soon, but made by the same guy. Very cool. Um, but, yeah, so I found it, and I just... I don't know. I just got hooked with it. Um, and I was like, wow, I, you know... I considered myself to be good at the game, and I didn't think that people could be that much better, you know? Like, I've been playing this game my whole life, so... And then the, uh, that constant itch to get, to improve and to be better than the next person, uh, it just kind of hooked me, and ever since then, and I reached out to my local, uh, competitive melee com community, and started practicing with them. Of course, I was, like, the worst of all of them when I first started, you know, so I was back to the drawing board, um, but... Yeah, just have been hooked ever since then. Yeah, those are my questions. Like when you started competitively playing, like locally, I guess, like you thought going in, like I want to trash yeah, these guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, going to destroy all these guys. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was <laughs> in for a rude awakening for sure because some of these guys have been playing competitively for years, you know. Mm. And <laughs> uh, it definitely opened up a whole different element of the game that I'd never seen before. It's really funny. We'll talk a little bit more in detail because we come from a traditional sports background as well, uh, wrestling, and we'll mention that in just a little bit. But you know, you go into the expectation of doing something, and you get humbled. Oh, real really quick. quick. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> levels for sure. I mean, and you find that out very, very quickly. That's funny. Uh, yeah, because you have no idea what's about to happen to you. Uh, so it's really, it's really funny. So it's, it, there's no difference. There's such a correlation between. Uh, traditional sports and esports, and we'll definitely we're gonna get more to that a little bit. Uh, but the examples that are really interesting. Um, so a couple uh, old school game memories. So a couple things you mentioned was um, Super Smash Bros. on the sixty four. Mm -hmm. So you remember when we remember when we uh, were renting it over and over from yeah. Blockbuster? Yeah, we had to convince our mom to <laughs> just keep renting it one more week, one more week. Which shout out to Blockbuster. Some people may not even know what that is, <laughs> honestly. That's but, awesome. But yeah, so uh, we we just never like convinced her to actually buy it, so we just had her rent it over and oh over again. Gosh. It just kept going on and on. Uh, yeah, good times. And like I said, it started from the very beginning. So <laughs> that's, that's crazy. And then it transitioned into into melee. We played that for a lot. But mm -hmm. I mean, so so twenty thirteen. I mean, you just started playing locally. It's like I mean, what was your Goal. I mean, did you want to become pro? Did you just want to beat up on people? Locally? I, I, like, I can't even remember exactly <laughs> what my like motivation was at the time. I think I just wanted to be just the best around, like around here. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was just the fact that you know I was the best in my friend group by like a pretty big margin, and the fact that there was somebody better, you know, that could that could beat me. I was just like, well, why is that? Why why are they better than me? How can I get to be their skill level, mm -hmm. and then it just never quit. I don't. I never really had a set goal, honestly. And then eventually it became okay. I want to be. As time went on, you know, and I started seeing a lot of improvement and started seeing some promise. It was like, well, maybe I could actually become like a national level player. Um, and then eventually, like, overtook the top player status in like our state. And mm -hmm. then I was like a top player in our region mm -hmm. and start traveling around and just. Just never could get the itch, you know. There's always like another level mm -hmm. you could reach. So I'm still still doing that. That's so. really cool. So 2013 was a start. 
was it 2015 was the streaming? Is that when you started streaming on Twitch? Yeah, I would, say, I would say like 2015. Was what I, I didn't have like a set stream schedule and I wasn't doing it like very consistently, but that's when I got into the streaming the streaming side of it and doing yeah. at home practice streams and, uh, you know, doing like practice sessions, things like that. Uh, and talk about getting started on Twitch. Was it, did you, you know, turn your camera on and you got 10 viewers or is it zero? Or oh like yeah. So, well, just really quickly, um, I have to shout out Giano, who is a kind of like a, like a streamer pioneer, I guess you could say, um, oh, back, right. back in the Justin, TV days wow. back before Twitch was a thing, mm -hmm. um, and he was like one of the most watched um, video game streamers at the time. He did speed runs. Um, and uh, let me remember just real quick. So Justin TV was mainly speed running. Is that right? Or Justin just... TV was like a bunch of different things, okay. but the one thing that started to kind of stand out was the video game side of it. And then they started to see okay. like, oh, there's a there's an actual market for this, right? Um, and then eventually it just transitions transition to its own thing in Twitch. Um, and so, they actually kept Justin TV for a while. Okay. Um, and so it was IRL? So it was kind of like an IRL? It was just sort everything. of just whatever. Yeah, anything. it was. Okay. Some people were like restreaming like TV shows. Oh, cool. Um, okay. And this is, I mean, I knew of it, but I wasn't very active at all. But I'm just kind of going off of what he's told me. But I didn't know the general like gist of what it was. And I think they, Justin TV started like 2010. 2011, something, something, like that. something like that, and then of course Amazon, I believe, bought Twitch in 2014. Uh, a lot of you know interesting things that ha that happened after that, obviously. But uh, a lot of people just know Twitch for Twitch, but mm -hmm. the Justin TV is really interesting. So yeah, and so he kind of gave me his background. I became friends with him. He was like the number one player in our state for years, like basically like a decade. Um, so I became friends with him, and he became my practice partner and helped me improve. And so whenever he would tell me about how he used to stream, because um, by the time I met him, he was pretty inactive streaming on Twitch. Um, but it, it just kind of was like, wow, that sounds like something fun I could do. You know, I'm already practicing. I may as well turn a turn a webcam on and talk to people. And, um, and I think originally mm. it was more so so I could watch my my foot my my game footage. Okay. So I could go back and like, okay, this guy's beating the crap out of me. Why, you know? I don't know why in the moment, but maybe I can go back and figure it out later. Um, but then it just became a lot more than that. That's really so. interesting. So it wasn't a, all right, I'm going to stream on Twitch because I'm going to get a following. It's more marketing mm -hmm. branding. No, okay. it was all to That's improve. Really interesting. It was okay. all to improve at Smash. That was it. Huh. Do, you, do you think a lot of people think of it like that too? That, that, that start um, out doing streaming? Or what do you experience it's hard to say especially now it's a lot different now because people have seen so much success on twitch that's true. everyone's like oh i'm gonna be the next the next ninja or yeah, the next sure. big video game i'm gonna stream video games for a living hmm. but i think some people do still have the similar beginnings where they have a they have a goal in mind something that they want to do and then the streaming just comes along with it you mm -hmm. know but I think it just differs from person to person. Okay, so that was so 2015 started getting more interested and, and putting more time into the streaming. Like, when did it? I don't know if the like when the light switch went off. When it was, I don't know. It's it's really hard to pinpoint. But last year, um, so 2018 was when I just went really really hard with streaming. I started taking it very seriously. Um, I had you know, I. I had a lot of experience with like graphic design and video editing, so I tried to put together really nice overlays and got some nice equipment. Um, 
you know, so I was trying to do everything I could to improve the stream and to kind of stand out, mm. all while trying to be a competitive player too, which is mm. a, you know, a whole different beast attack in itself when you're trying to succeed on Twitch and you're also trying to be good at your respective esport because mm. um, you're trying to be entertaining and, and interactive with the chat, but you're also trying to focus and be in the zone and locked in. So it's an interesting dynamic, but. Um, well, and there's this mantra of, oh, they just sit and play games. How hard can it be? Yeah, yeah. That is probably the biggest misconception yeah. that comes along with, um, like, streamers and video game players on Twitch and things like that. Um, it is a... You have to be very good at multitasking. Hmm. And you find out really quick that your brain kind of tunnel visions into, onto something. Hmm. And you're either neglecting your gameplay, your chat, your, you know, something. There's something that you're... you're not putting enough attention to. Yeah. Um, so it's a talent in and of itself. And the idea of just somebody just sitting away, just playing games mindlessly, um, that's a pretty big misconception. And it's something I, uh, so I mentioned on LinkedIn quite a bit that it's a business. Your Twitch stream is a business. So I, I think at some point you realize that it may, it may have not like hit you in the face, but mm -hmm. I think at some point there's that turning point mm -hmm. where you're like, Oh, this is a business. This right. is real. And I think seeing others from from the Smash community start to succeed on Twitch too made it like, oh, this is an actual realistic possibility, um, and you see the potential there, mm -hmm. and then you're like, wow, I could actually, I'm already investing all this time, you know, this could be an avenue that I try to, a similar avenue that I try to go down. Mm -hmm. um, I would say probably the most successful, at least top two, but probably the most successful Twitch streamer from the Smash community is. Mango, if for those of you who are familiar with him, if you're not, you should, you know, you should look into him. Super entertaining guy, he's one of the best Smash players of all time, um, and I kind of watched his stream take off from, really from the very beginning, back when he mm -hmm. had, you know, like, just a handful of subscribers on Twitch, and now mm -hmm. he has, like, 8,000, something like that. Wow. So, um, but yeah, it's like, where you see, you see the success happen, and mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know this guy in real life, and... You see, like, wow, if I could, you know, put in the same work ethic and, you know, have your own dynamic to it, that maybe you could follow a sim similar path, that type of thing. But it's a motivation. You see, it, it, again, it's a business. This happens in business all the time. You see a model works, it gets copied. Mm -hmm. Because you saw the success, and, and, and you just keep pushing along the same lines that they did. And, again, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of effort. I mean, can you even think about how many hours you put oh. <laughs> Are you talking about into Smash in general? I would just say Smash in general oh, slash Lord. Twitch. It like, I mean, I can't even... It's hard to even put a number on it. Yeah, but. I mean... Yeah. I, I, I can't that. even give you like a like a good <laughs> estimate. It's it's an astronomical number. That don't probably don't even want to do honestly. Yeah, and, and, for, and I mean, and this is business of being an entrepreneur. Like, all this comes together. It really, I really believe that. And when you look at like... And you guys know... You know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm, I'm looking at you right now. Like... You know, or you, honestly, I can't look at you on the podcast, but if you're watching on YouTube, we, we're looking at you. Like, the per hour of what you make, like money, like per hour is like nothing <laughs> when you first get started. Like, yeah, it's, it's an uphill climb. Like, it is hard to get momentum, and it is the truest test of perseverance and dedication that, you, you know, you'll experience. Those, like, initial moments, those trying times where you're basically just streaming to no one. <laughs> It's like you and you know a bot in your chat, and that's basically it. Yeah. So, so. then talk. So talk about the first time you streamed. We're going back a little bit because we got to 2018. We'll get back just one second. But the first time you streamed, 
Like, so, <laughs> like, the first couple times I streamed kind of, like, lumped together because it was all, like, a very similar experience where it was basically me practicing with one other person, maybe two other people, no one in the chat. Um, I don't know <laughs> no, what no, I was, was it, Now, did you practice with, on, net, on Netplay? No, or, like, see, or, yeah, so this see. was all land. So this okay, it was land, okay. Right, okay. right. Well, at least you're with people. Yeah, so at least I was, like, <laughs> occupied and had somebody to talk to. Yeah. Some people, their first several streams are to talk to, you know, basically to no one, but the idea <laughs> is I learned early on when, you know, when I didn't have company over and I was just basically just streaming alone, um, that you do have to kind of, like, pretend that you're speaking to an audience because you, you do never know like when someone's going to pop in, you know? And so you want to carry the same, the same demeanor and the same attitude as if there's somebody there or, or if there's not. So talk about that real quick. Cause this is important too. Uh, there's so many dynamics and layers that we're talking about as we go through this, but what, what's like the number you, you mentioned, uh, let me frame it this way. So when you're streaming and you can't pander to people, Right. Would you agree with that? Like yeah. you have you have to be yourself. You do because you can't hide. Yeah, right. Because I mean, eventually your true self is going to come out eventually, or otherwise you're just going to be miserable the whole time you're streaming because mm. you can only put on a front for so long. Mm. And the quicker you know you're honest with yourself and your chat, and when they like you for you, it makes streaming really easy because you're just talking to your friends essentially mm -hmm. you're more you know it's just normal conversation but if yep. you have to put up some type of facade like right. it's uh it's it's definitely a more mentally draining experience you know and it, it's again you have to be yourself and I, we talk about this you know on, on linkedin and things like that but like you have to be yourself again or you be miserable mm -hmm. and whether you're live streaming i would say live streaming is the most intense content you'll ever do Period. It, it's intense because you're you're on all the time. If you're if you're gonna make a post for Instagram, you know you're not front and center. Like you, as you're making the content, I mean, you're no one can see you writing the post and thinking or whatever. But when you're live streaming and you're in front of the camera, they they can see you. They can see you breathe. Yep. It, it, it <laughs> like I don't know poker players. You can see like you know the sweat. Like you sweat can see and, it beating up. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know and. It, but it's just interesting. But you can even like see like tells on people like you know how, like their their heartbeat and things like that, and like it's just crazy. Uh, like I'm sorry, the pulse. Like there's there's so many things you can see right there live that it, it's it's something that it's not the same as just writing a piece of content. Right. And then, you have to be yourself. Right. And then if you make a mistake in other forms of content production, you could change it and you know edit it in post or slap a filter on it and like for instagram for, for example yep. or you can pick the best version of it you know you can right. do multiple takes right. live streaming it's all unedited as natural as it gets and it's a live interaction with you and your viewers um and i also think that that's why it's taken off so much the ones that are successful and the ones that are successful are themselves right the ones at the very top the top streamers i think in general you know, they're not all the same people. They don't act the same way. They're themselves, and they're all unique. And then, like you said, the more that they're themselves, the more people get connected to them. Mm -hmm. And then the more followers they get, the more loyal communities they have, I guess, if that's fair. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I said community. Talk a little bit about uh, the Smash community. And I say Smash community as the big umbrella. And then talk a little bit about uh, the different Smash games, how they're interrelated, 
um, the history of Melee a little bit. Just kind of, I guess, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll start off with like with Melee specifically. So for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Melee was released. Super Smash Bros. Melee was released in 2001. So it was an 18-year-old game. Um, so that presents a bunch of different like trials and tribulations of making, you know, continuing its uh, livelihood essentially um, in the esports community. Um, so, being that it's, it's as old as it is, it's a very grassroots, tight-knit community. Um, so, we kind of started from, and this is before my era, you know, before my time, because like I said, I started in 2014, you know, competing, and people have been competing since, early, like, early 2000s. Um, but, you know, it's similar to like starting in a in a basement and you know a couple like a like a super smash brothers you know fest where you got a couple setups and your friends and then that just kind of branches out and you find more people like that and more people like that um until it's like a, a national craze but it took a long time for it to get that way but it was a lot of hard work and a lot of people that kind of laid that foundation where we had no developer support we had no a quick way to get there. We had no money from from um, any other sources to kind of like, you know, supply things. So it was all built from the ground up, essentially. Um, whereas it's a little bit different for other, especially modern esports. Uh, so that's that's the biggest thing, and that's probably the thing that I like the most about like the Smash community is, and being a part of it is just how how. Um, unified it feels like everyone is and how mm. you kind of all feel like you're actually a part of something and i think there's something to be said that competing um for in smash it's pretty much all done and for a long time just practicing with other people was done entirely in person and land on land which is kind of unheard of for other esports because most are played on like on pc it's hard to transport you know entire rigs every time you want to play um, so it, it definitely felt like more of a, like a bonding type of experience mm -hmm. and growing together and improving your, your local scene and developing friendships like that, where that kind of might get lost in translation, uh, in other esports. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the Smash community as a whole. And I think why once you're a part of it, it's really hard to leave. <laughs> You know what I mean? The melee. Well, just smash, just smash in general, because okay, okay. we've all we, it all kind of evolved from that. And it's still, okay. it's still the same concepts. Um, but yeah, so but melee specifically is interesting because, as I mentioned, it's it's a really old game and uh, it's from two thousand one, and we're still playing on old box. You know, for for those who don't know what a CRT is, um, it's the old box TVs. They're like a hundred pounds, you know, <laughs> um, and so we still play on those in tournament. It's still like the ideal way for us to, to practice and to compete and stuff. <laughs> so, and up until recently, there was no online play at all. I mentioned that like most esports aren't, or, you know, a lot of it is done via like, you know, online or whatever. Mm. Um, but up until recently, there was no good way to practice with people online at all for for Super Smash Bros. Melee, so it's mm -hmm. all done land. So if you didn't have a good um, competitive scene around you, mm -hmm. you were just kind of kind of screwed, really. 
because it's really hard to improve. Um, but now we have, uh, due to a lot of awesome developers and there's a lot of talented people in the Smash community because they're so passionate about it, and that's the thing. And like, if you look from where it started to where it is now, um, and how far it's come, and like what we're able to do now, it's it's pretty awesome. Because people just refuse to let it go, you know? They don't mm -hmm. want it to die, and, and I think it's a, a better time now than ever to be a, a Melee fan or competitor. So in general, would you say, like, when it, when another game comes out, like a similar game, like a, a sequel, mm. typically the sequel kills yeah. the original game. Is that pretty fair? Most, like, almost, you know, I would say almost entirely um, every other eSport series, um, they'll, or, or video game franchise series, they'll transition, like you said, to the newest iteration of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so Street Fighter V is the most current, is the current, uh, is the newest Street Fighter so, 95% of players are playing that. And even though there, there might be some people who prefer, and I've heard this before in the FGC community, that they uh, prefer previous versions of the game, of Street Fighter, like Third Strike or Street Fighter 4, but it just that's just kind of the natural progression of most other titles, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's another reason why Melee is so interesting and kind of unique is that um, we didn't move on. Some people tried to, like when, so Brawl, Super Smash Bros. Brawl was the, the immediate sequel to, to Melee, and most people tried to, you know, transition to that. Yeah, I'm sorry, how many years was between? So know? Brawl came out in 2007 or 8, something like that. Okay, so it's about it was, seven years. I would say about seven years, yeah. I think it was 2008, now that I think about it. Um, but, so th there's a pretty good amount of time, but the, the mm -hmm. thing is that it, they're so different competitively and you might not see it on the surface but if you've been around the games and you've played them competitively there's a big difference between uh a lot of like the mechanics and the engine and things like that um and it just kind of brought people they tried out brawl and a lot of people some people stuck with it and that kind of formed its own community and then a lot of people went back to melee and then mm. they've just played it ever since and i would say a huge growth happened in uh 2013 right when i hmm. like found it because of the smash documentary that that okay. kind of brought in a new wave that along with um uh so evolution or evo the biggest fighting game tournament series in the world um brought on a new title for their tournament and there was a competition of like who who which community could raise the most money for their game to be a part of evo and it was like for charity um, and so which community could do that? And so in 2013, the Melee community kind of, with its almost like its dying breath, I guess, rallied around itself and, mm -hmm. and we were the, the community to, to raise the most money for charity. And so they allowed us to be at Evo on the main stage. Mm -hmm. And so that in 2013, along with the Smash documentary, kind of revived the game, I guess. And now it's and that was that then twenty thirteen was twelve years after the release of the game. That's yeah, twelve right. years. Twelve so years. So the, the conviction in that community—that's mm -hmm. insane. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, I mean, it really be, is. Yeah, there's something to be said about the perseverance and just the. I think it just shows how passionate that you know our members are in our community. Um, so and then the progression was brawl and then Smash Four. Yeah, right? and then Smash Four. Yeah. Um, and then now the most current version of Smash is Smash Ultimate. Mm -hmm. um, but it is cool because not only is Melee really big, but Smash Ultimate is really big too. And it's really interesting to see two 
separate iterations of the same series both succeeding. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You usually don't see that. Usually they kind of rally around behind the at least one or most likely the newest version. Um, but with this, it's a bit different. So it's pretty cool to see the differences, but also the similarities between the two. Mm -hmm. And you know how that's progressed over time. But the, the communities are somewhat split. You would you would agree, like somewhat. I, I would say, like you mentioned, that we're we're definitely still under the same umbrella. Um, but a lot, for example, a lot of our top players, most of our top players, um, are they differ from the Smash Ultimate top players. There's some carryover, mm -hmm. um, but most of the melee like top players are are different than uh, what you see for, like, ultimate top eight in tournaments for majors. It's going to be different from what you see at Because Because mainly because, obviously, just in general terms, the, the game mechanics are right. so different. Yeah, it might just, as well it appeals totally... to It might as well. There are There's a lot um, more similarities than there have been in the past. Um, hmm. And I think that it's a testament to, like, to show how much that people liked Melee, that the developers tried to kind of appeal to that a little bit. So they they saw how much people were passionate about. That's interesting. At least that's kind of how I like to look at it. How a lot of other people like to look at it, because mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things that did get at least somewhat of a copy of it added mm -hmm. into to Ultimate, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's just personal preferences. What people like. Um, some people like to be able to play on the Switch and the, the most you know the newest uh, Nintendo system. And there's just a lot of factors. Yeah, and, and it, it, I'm just so fascinated that it's still here. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, no, like, yeah, it's, it's wild. It should have been dead. Like, it should have been like several times over. <laughs> but now it's better. It's better than ever. Yeah, so. that's that's crazy. But the resiliency that just tells you something's there, and you don't know, you can't really put into words. So that's really interesting. All right, so a hard turn here. Uh, there's a couple uh, moments could have thrown this in there, but so going back, we <clears throat> talked a little bit about traditional sports. Our backgrounds in wrestling. Uh, so I have a question for you. Um, how was it? Uh, me being your coach in wrestling. I was your head coach. Yeah. Actually, your assistant, too. Yeah. So how was that? I've been meaning to ask you that for yeah, a long so time. I've never asked you. I, um, it, was, it was interesting, for sure, because I kind of... I grew up watching you compete. Obviously, you're my older brother, so kind of watched you go through your uh, progression as a, as a participant, as a competitor. Um and then, you know, that kind of inspired me to want to pursue it. And, you know, you ended up coming back to help our wrestling program as an assistant coach. And, like you said, eventually taking over the head coaching position. And I guess a lot of people might think that there is special treatment in, with family. If somebody's like a coach, anybody with an athletic background, they may have known somebody like that where, oh, his the 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 coach has a son on the team or something like that and he gives him special treatment but it was the exact opposite <laughs> so so i you know i was expected you know more of myself and that i was expected to be a leader and uh to bring forth a certain amount of work ethic every day and to you know to to push myself and to basically not give anything less than 100% and there were a lot of times where it was like, you know, I had to look at you not as a brother, but as a um, authority figure, you know. You were the person that I had to basically report to, and, and uh, you were the, but it was also interesting because you got to see most coaches, you know, 
you're only around them for the time you're practicing and in tournaments and things mm-hmm. like that where you're competing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of brought my coach home with me, and you get to see these the the you know the the behind the scenes type of thing. So it and we had to you know kind of manage a a brother relationship alongside a, a coach to athlete relationship. So it it was unique, but I wouldn't have changed it because I knew that there was a certain level of expectations set for me that I needed to meet. So it was like a it was a pressure, but it was mm-hmm. like a good pressure, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that you know, I wanted to live up to what I expected of myself and then I wanted to be kind of like a successor type of thing, so mm-hmm. So it was cool. I, I, I did enjoy it. And it, there was a lot of tough practices <laughs> and uh, times where I couldn't move afterwards, but but it was it was awesome. That's pretty cool. And because there's that there's that relationship that it's so fascinating talking about uh, the t- traditional sports and esports, and there is a connection. You know, these people that say that has nothing to do with it, they just sit and play games. It's not they're not athletes. Get out of here. Yeah. Just stop. Yep. I, it's the it, 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 there's so many similarities. You we have to embrace that. People have to embrace that. Um, and there is a connection there. Um, as for just competing, so I talk a little bit about so the traditional sports side as far as you know being a wrestler. And, and, and look, I'm biased, of course, and you're biased too. But we think you know wrestling is one of the hardest sports in the world. Um, not saying other sports aren't hard. I'm saying it's one of the hardest sports. And the level of competitiveness you have to go through to be successful, um, to be elite. I mean, how did that transfer into esports and what you did, what you did with Melee and being a partner streamer and grinding all those hours? Like, did that help you? So I, I mean, think, yeah, I think there's a underlying theme between all of it, and I've thought back on it a lot. And um, so, and I think you and I are both really similar in this way that we don't really like team sports, um, and we didn't growing up. Mm-hmm. Well, it just we it, none of the team sports really caught our attention as much as some other, uh, you know, other kids or whatever. Um, but wrestling was really interesting in the sense that in any form of, like, mi- mixed martial arts, um, it's yourself against your opponent. One-on-one, you get all the glory, and you get all of, you know, you take you take on all the, the defeat as well. So it's all on you, win or lose. Um, and it's more so a battle with yourself. You don't have to rely on anybody else, um, and you don't have to, you don't, like, try to shoulder any responsibility on anyone else, too. Yeah. Um, so, with my specific eSport with Melee, it transitioned really well because it's also a one-on-one type of deal. Uh, there's a lot of team eSports, but, uh, you know, fighting in community and um, and Smash, it's interesting because it's just you and your opponent. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that dynamic. I love being in complete con- uh, control and, you know, whatever happens, it's all on me, basically. Right. Now, just a little aside. So there are doubles? There are doubles tournaments, okay. for sure. Just for sure. Okay. Yeah, so like 2v2. Gotcha. Um, you know, which presents its own type of dynamic to it. But but majority of my time spent competing is in singles. But, but you know, but I mean, you, but that competitive spirit to push, mm-hmm. it's the same. It's it, the how is it same. not the same? It's the exact same. Losing in a... In a high stakes like Smash Brothers tournament, uh, with a lot on the line, feels the exact same as I felt losing um, mm. in a wrestling tournament. Mm. Uh, same amount of pressure. Obviously, it's 
it's demanding in its own way. It's not physically demanding necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it actually is physically demanding when mm-hmm. you think about it, like going through the uh, entirety of a tournament throughout the span of a day. Um, but it's, it's more mentally exhausting as, a, as opposed to wrestling, which is more physically. But they both have their, their, um, their challenges for both. I do find it, it's something I just thought of, you know, wrestling's all day. If you, if, you, if you don't go to events, you know, it's 15 hours yeah. or whatever. It's, same thing here. Same yeah. thing. So you have two-day tournaments. You know, yeah, two, yeah, you're gone for a whole weekend, you yep. know, and it, it consumes you, you know. So your your whole day is spent there. And it is it is a challenge to try to maintain that high performance throughout the entirety of a day. You know, you can't, you can't slip up once. You can't have one bad match or your tournament, you know, it's going to be cut short. Mm-hmm. Same thing with same thing with wrestling. So, the, so as a coach, and, and you've coached as well uh, once you graduated in you know middle school, high school. So, uh, on the traditional sports side, people laugh and scoff at the idea of esports coaches. They think it's a joke. And to that, I say, <laughs> no, sir. Yeah. Like I mean, like wrong. literally, they think it's a joke. People, people, look. I get it. If you're in the community, you understand it. But on the outside. I mean, literally, people scoff at that. Like, how can you coach someone to do a game? That's right, to play video games. But, but, I mean, tell about how real that is. It's 100% like... real. Um, <clears throat> having an extra set of eyes on on your matches, having somebody to keep you mentally stable and in line throughout mm-hmm. the span of a day, you know, or throughout the span of a tournament. Um, it is, like I said earlier, it's mentally exhausting. Mm-hmm. And um, you could just, com- you can be completely tapped by the end of a tournament. And... Mm-hmm. Um, with how with how hard it is, and just to just to stay in good spirits too. When something goes wrong, um, having somebody to kind of set you straight and then get you ready for the rest of your tournament, um, it's it's tough, man. It's tough, and it, we've seen it in the Smash community where coaches have completely changed wow. the trajectory yeah. of people's careers and how much success they've had. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like they're opening this lock that um, they wouldn't have been able to open themselves, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and then having that extra insight, uh, it's invaluable, really. So, like at a at a major tournament, like a big house or something, how many how many matches? Um, you, let's just say you go straight through winners. Now, if you go through losers, it could be more, I guess. Right. But, I mean, you're talking six, eight matches. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like it can be anywhere from like eight to ten, twelve matches, something like that, depending on how long the the initial phases of the pool gotcha, qualifier right. into right. into like a you know larger bracket. Sure, um, it's 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 hard to say. There's a lot of there's a lot of competing though, for sure, throughout the span of the tournament. And, and I mean, and again, you have to recalibrate yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and and even if you if you lose, right, yeah. you go into the losers bracket, and that just doubles the amount of work you're gonna have to put in, basically, and how many matches you're gonna have to play. And for context, uh, if you do lose, you can come back you can, and win yeah. the tournament. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a little different um, than than you know if you're a wrestler out there. So it's a, the one yeah, the one, one little difference. difference like yeah, you sure. know out of all that, it's so funny. You could replace which yeah, it's very, melee with wrestling, and it's so similar. It's it's actually scary how yeah, similar it is. Yeah, a lot of people compare it to to wrestling, boxing, tennis. Yeah, um, you know any individual type of sport. Um, but it, it is kind of interesting though with wrestling since, you know, once you're, once you lose once, you know, you can't come back and win the entire thing. And it makes me think about how different of an outcome some of the tournaments would be if there was a double elimination style, like where you could progress all the way back. And for some of the wrestlers out there, there was that at one point. Uh, and, and every state's different, of course, and all that. I think most have moved away from it. 
Um, but used to be years ago, there was a true second and first. Like you, you could come back, mm-hmm. um, and there was a lot of different uh, bracket rules and stuff. But you could come back back kind of you know I think a couple of decades ago, uh, like three four decades ago actually. But um, so but there's a lot of similarities there. So, but just, yeah, just connecting that, and we'll be talking a lot more on the podcast on other episodes, but connecting the traditional sports to esports, and then, I, so I'm going to go actually before that real quick, and just share something real quick, but esports for me was one of the first times I competed, and I, I'm sorry, gaming, right. gaming was a, one of the first times that I ever competed, mm-hmm. um, and I talked to you before we started recording, but, you know, uh, first grade, second grade range, um, I wasn't very good at anything. Um, I had real thick glasses. I was short. I was small. They called me Chris Reed a book. Cause I'm a door, you know, <laughs> kind of had that look, right? Uh, and had the perfect last name. Um, and I got picked on. I was little. I was young for my age. I, I could have been, I could have been, uh, you know, a grade behind where I was and all that. And all that added up was I wasn't very good at much. I didn't have a lot going for me. <laughs> First and second grade. I wasn't very good at the kickball uh, team either. Um, but gaming was kind of like, that's where I got my confidence. Like get, going from level one to level two to level three, like, and everything I was playing, it didn't matter if it was, it was Mario, Metroid, whatever. It was, you just gained that confidence. Like, all right, I saw this puzzle. I did this, like Link to past, or all these games just come to mind. Like it just gives you that confidence. Like, all right, I go to the next thing, go to the next thing, keep grinding, keep leveling up the old final fantasy games, keep leveling, keep leveling, keep leveling. And that, that led into just grinding. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was grinding at six. Yeah, yeah. On a game, on a game. But that grinding helped me grind in wrestling. It's a grind, period. The end. It is an absolute grind. And I know a lot of sports are too. I just I can only talk about the sport I played. Yeah. Okay. And I say played. No one says play wrestling, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it's an absolute grind. But so was leveling up and all those other games and hours and hours. Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh my goodness. Like I just. Pokemon, like all these, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, what a nerd. <laughs> like, everyone on the outside, that's what they say. But yeah. we know what we're talking about. That's what we did. Like, that's, you learned how to level up. You learned how to get better. And, and no matter what game it was, right? I mean, yeah. does that make sense? It's and like then, indirect life lessons. And then, that. and then it, then you just apply that focus and determination in the game you played, games you played, to the sport you played. That's, I mean, literally, that was it. And then once you had that focus, you learn how to focus on something. I know it sounds trivial or basic, but you learn how to focus on something and have a goal and you achieve it, then you just do it again in this other context. Do it again in this other context. So from gaming to uh, traditional sports, whatever it is, to college, whatever, to business, entrepreneurship, whatever. You just keep applying, keep applying, keep applying. It, it's real. This is a real thing. So that's an overall... A concept to think about when we're talking through all this and all the other episodes we're going to go through it but it's it's the same thing same thing you're doing it with the Twitch streaming yep. you know, grind 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 you start with zero zero followers yep. zero nothing no injection of this and that it's just straight up you and a screen there's zero people and you finally see one and you go crazy like <laughs> the first year you know and you start from nothing and it's it, so it's just I, I just it fascinates me how it's all connected and then when people discredit that and we want to change the way people look at that because there's an absolute connection there. So, I mean, I, I know your thoughts on that, but that's absolutely yeah, my, you know, what I, I, my there, experience. There are a ton of parallels for sure, as well as just no one is successful overnight, you know. I mean, barring some fluke experience or whatever or the, the complete outliers, no one is successful overnight. No one's a 
you know, successful Twitch streamer overnight. No one's a successful wrestler overnight. No one's a successful Smash player overnight. It is all about the work you put into it. And your results and your success is a is a direct visual, visualization of, well, and a culmination of all the work that you've put in. Right. So when you see these successful Twitch streamers who are making a living off of playing video games, if that's what you want to say, then uh, that is a direct you know, result of all the work and time that they put into it. Right. Same thing with anything else. Yeah. And then, so you mentioned successful uh, Twitch streamers. I, I would consider you a successful Twitch streamer. Uh, you are partnered. Can you talk a little bit what that means when you're partnered on Twitch? Yeah, so uh, there's, I think the last that I saw, there was uh, 2.2 million uh, unique Twitch broadcasters and, uh, and streamers. Um and only a fraction of those are partnered. Only like roughly twenty thousand are partnered. Um, essentially, like you get a check mark so, so next 1%, to your name. So like one percent. Yeah, like one percent ish. Yeah. So uh, you get a check mark next to your name, like being verified on Twitter or other social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a slew of emote slots for people to spam your chat. Um, Which is a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. <laughs> Custom People emotes. love their emotes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there's just like a lot of different partner benefits that you can get. Um, and then it's just like a kind of a verified way to show the work we talked about, the work that you put in. Yeah. And there are certain requirements you have to meet before you're appro- or, yeah before you're approved for a partnership with Twitch. And they want to see that you put in the work. And they're they're sticklers about it too, you know. They want to see like, okay, you proved to us that you can go through that grinding process yep. and come out the other side, and that you're you know you're still motivated, and you still want to do it, um, and then that's where you become an asset to them. So uh, then the other thing is um, kind of another revenue stream for you is being uh, sponsored, right? Um, so you've had a number of sponsors. Can you talk about the sponsor that you have now and kind of your yeah, yeah. So my sponsor right now is A2M, Able to Mutate. Um, right now they're basically helping me get to events and funding my travel and my entry fees. Mm-hmm. Just essentially helping me compete as much as I can. Um, and then alongside that, helping me grow on, on social media. and uh, Comes with branding. Right, branding. Like absolutely. So... Uh, but I'm just, I mentioned that because, again, all that hard work, all that grinding, getting the partner channel, getting um, subscriptions, getting a sponsor, like all that, that, that comes with it, and it happens over time, mm-hmm. right? It didn't happen overnight. Oh, yeah. It, all this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have sponsors looking for you the first day you try to, you know, <laughs> compete in Smash, so. Because <laughs> uh, one of the last questions actually was, you know, what is, what's some advice, what's a couple pieces of advice you would give to you know, new streamers, um, kids looking to get into esports because there's a lot of kids really interested uh, more than ever before. So, what, what would you tell them? I would say the biggest thing is to not compare yourself to someone else, and it's so hard it's when good. you when you look at like uh, other people who are successful on uh, you know on similar social media platforms, or they're the best player in the world, or whatever. Like, it seems so insurmountable to get to that. But you just want to be the best version of yourself that you can be and let things play out from there. And your path is going to be completely different than someone else's path. And someone else might might have it ten times harder than you. Someone, someone else might have it ten times easier than you for whatever circumstances that, you know, that might attribute to that. But just focusing on yourself, blocking out um, 
every it's just excess energy that you're spending worrying about. Oh, I'm not as good as him, or oh, I I don't have that or whatever. So it's just a good life principle to go by, anyways, just to kind of make do with what you have and to make the best out of that. You know, that's then, really that's really good. Yeah, and then success will find you that way. That's really good. Same thing with wrestling. Yeah, looking at looking at rankings. I'm obsessed with this guy. This 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 you know this stat and this stat. Looking at this, you're obsessed over it. You know, and as a coach, I had to manage you know a lot of kind of analytical wrestlers I had that constantly was looking at rankings and this and what's going to happen and what's the seed. Like, give me what's my seed? What's my seed? It doesn't matter. Yeah. In the end, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I mean, you have to go out and perform. Right. So it's it's really the same thing. And same thing in business, entrepreneurship. Or owning a company, whatever, it, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, there really is no dividing line. I mean, it, it's just you're just in a different world, and it's really the, the kind of the same language. So, um, that's and that, that's. I mean, I think it's really good advice um, because, again, like you said, it is not going to happen overnight, and that's with anything else. So, this instant gratification thing, um, you know, that's a battle we all face uh, because, like you said, you can go real quick to social media and just say, oh, you know. Someone that's got a million followers on Instagram, like, oh, I, I can't, I'm too late, I can't do it, and um, you know, or something's new and it seems weird, you know, TikTok, someone's on a TikTok and you don't know how to do it, and like, I don't want to do it, and they've got five million followers, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and you just get frustrated. Yeah. It's really the same thing. Yeah. So um, those are really good lessons that you know, whenever you learn them, you can translate it to another situation. So. Yeah, and I say that being somebody that you know, I'm not above it myself because I've. I, I only can give that advice because I've made the same mistakes, you know, over my time. I've spent a time I wish I could get back, you know, I wish I would have just allocated that towards myself and to my, my stream and to my worrying about my own success and my future as opposed to envying someone else or wasting time admiring someone else or whatever. Um, so it's just, if you, it's the quicker you can learn that, the, the better for those out there who are wanting to go. And you can apply that to anything like, like Chris said. Um, so how can people get connected to you? What are a couple of different ways? Um, so on Twitter, I am at Reeve is me. Um, on Twitch, I'm just Reeve. So, uh, no underscore. Yeah, no <laughs> underscore. Just, just Reeve. Uh, and those are my two primary forms of social media right now, but I do want to kind of branch out and start using more, more, diff- more platforms. Um, but for now, those are probably the two best ways to to follow me because that's where I'm most active at and you can interact with me directly the easiest that way so yeah very cool so make sure uh, uh, to follow Austin I call him Austin Reeve Reeve, but his his name is Reeve his name is Reeve Reeve all the time Um, so follow Reeve on Twitch Twitter and he's branching out uh, potentially TikTok TikTok (laughs) some other stuff yeah Uh we're getting there yeah so we're we're working on that Um, this the end of the podcast, uh, we appreciate you guys uh, listening in, uh, but then those that are on YouTube are like, well, we're watching you too. Um, so thanks for watching the video. Thanks for being with us. Um, we've got a lot of awesome things that's happening you know, locally with esports and on a national and international scale. We're going to have a lot of different guests on here. Uh, really excited. Um, thank you, brother. Oh, thanks for having me. Man. Literally, brother. Yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> for, for being here. Um, thank you guys for being here, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for being a part of the Level Up Experience. Make sure to connect with us on social media at either the Level Up Experience or Level Up EXP. That's Level Up EXP on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok. 
You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search Chris Reed, C-R-I-S-R-E-E-D.